All right, so hello. Welcome to We Like It So What. I'm Jamal Murphy here once again with... I am Eric Bethel. And I am Terry Gravely. So yeah, back from the dead, back from hell. We like it so what, and we're doing it well. So yeah, how's it going, fellas? It's good, man. It's going great. Yeah, I know it's been a while since we've done a the audio version. We've more recently tried to do the live streaming thing on Instagram. Which, by the way, you can still follow us on Instagram at we like it so what. It's all one word. See, so yeah, I think it's it's been interesting from like an experimental standpoint, just seeing how we can do a podcast live because now podcasting has kind of gone the space of you want to see people talking and see their experiences, their reactions. It's not just listening to people. So, Eric, how do you think it's worked out as far as doing live streaming? Pretty good so far. I mean, you know, we're still novices at this. Um, still trying to work out the kinks and the bugs and trying to overcome little small technical snafus and gaffes. But, hey, it's a process. It can, we can only get better. I agree. So we did our first live stream uh, doing a review on the Batman. We just recently did another live stream with our first guest, uh, W.J. Long III talking about his book, Children of the Black, which uh, as of this recording releases March 25th. And for those of us who, know who weren't in the live stream, that would be Terry. I know you you were kind of there in spirit, but also you, you were there in the live stream. <laughs> so yeah, we didn't we didn't uh, get your thoughts on the Batman. I know you you have an opinion. You were there. You saw it with us. Yeah, give give us your take on the Batman in 30, I'm, I'm 30 words it, or less. I'm going to keep it short. Okay. Uh, not to be the dead horse. For me, out of 10, I would give it a 9.5. Thought it was it was it was really good what they did with this world. I wasn't sure about this going in with Sparkly Batman, but Pink and Stink he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, I had a feeling that you were going to call him that. He's still pink and stink. He's a, he, he did a phenomenal job as Batman. See, now it's a term of endearment for Terry. Yeah. Because he, yep. you know. Yep. I can't yep. wait to see in the sequel how he portrays Bruce Wayne. Right. Because this was 100%, and I don't know how some people have not understood that, this is 100% a Batman movie. Yeah. With hints of a Bruce Wayne. Because like it or not, they are two separate people. Yes, they are. They are the same person, but two separate people. You're correct. Um, I thought the Riddler was was done really well. We said before we talked about this, I myself wanted to see a Riddler somewhat like Jigsaw from uh, Saul. From Saul. Yeah. And this is close to what we got. Mm-hmm. But with... With flavor of the zodiac, yeah, yeah, because that's where he got his uh, inspiration from, mm-hmm. down to his his mask and his the uh, the military jacket. And uh, one thing I also liked some of the way they they did some of the the shots, like the um, the beginning scene when he's looking in on the the mayor, right? Yeah, yeah. the mayor, right? Yeah, uh-huh. about to say center, and the yeah. mayor, and it kind of reminds you of Halloween. With young Michael Myers looking through the mask, you hear his very breathing. Very good point. Yeah, you hear his breathing and stuff. That's a very even good to point. when they cut to the inside when he was walking back and forth, and then the light from the TV comes in 
and you just see him yeah, standing see in the background. Oh, that, yeah. that's, that's a brilliant take. I that, never thought about that's, that. Too. That scene was fucking awesome. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. Like a, that like, a, was, like a voyeur. Yes, yes. And the mirror mirror version when Batman was looking in on Selena. Yes. Further hinting yeah. two sides of the same coin the way that they kept saying it. Right. It was it, the movie was the movie was. The movie was very, very, very good. It's like I, I said on the live stream, this movie is a triumph on every level. Yes. On yes. every level. Yes. Um, and I, I was telling I was telling Jamal last week that because and we can probably get to this in a little while, but you know, there's a lot of comparisons between uh Matt Reeves, the Batman, specifically with Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. Yeah. Or I guess you can say his trilogy. And I told Jamal that Christopher Nolan made Batman real for that world. Mm-hmm. Matt Reeves made Gotham real for this iteration of yeah. Batman. Like Gotham felt real. It felt lived in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't Chicago mm-hmm. where you can tell it's Chicago. Or I think they did some shooting in like in Pittsburgh and LA. But you can you can tell like these are American cities. Yeah, and then yeah, and then where, the, whereas they, they shot Scotland. this like in Glasgow, London, but you can't really tell. Yeah, but but this is Gotham. This is Gotham City. Uh, kind of harkening back to Batman '89, yeah, where you know this this city felt real. It felt nasty. Because it it's Gotham in its in itself is a character in one hundred percent in Batman's or any of their comics. Yes, is it plays a character. Yeah, so it has to feel like something. Even more so in this one movie, over. The Nolan trilogy in its yeah. entirety, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, were there any exterior shots of this Gotham in the Batman? I don't remember there being any. I mean, in terms of like this seeing the city from one side to the other. None that we could I tell. Say, I yeah. don't. I don't think so. Because I told Jamal that like all the sequences when they're on top of the roof, like where the bat signal is, when they yeah. meet up with Gordon. You know how they did that. That's that. That's the the stagecraft technology, like the volume, like with the, how they shoot the Mandalorian. Yeah, that's stagecraft. Like that. That that was a set. Hey, yeah, you can't tell. You, yeah, that's you can't tell. Damn. And I think I think they use that same technology on um, Oblivion with Tom Cruise when they're, uh, they're 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 in the cloud house. I just watched that not too long ago. Also, it's a good movie. Pretty good movie. Now, what if they had taken like a technique that was similar to? What they did in Superman for the quest for peace. No, 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 no. You can oh. you can clearly see the tarp moving in the background. I think that I mean you it would have saved them a little bit of harnesses. That would have saved them a little bit of money. They could have had it would have saved them a lot of money. They could have had the rooftop sequence and the backdrop of Gotham City. And if the wind hits just right, you can see buildings moving in the background. You can see it, it's like a it's like a moving matte painting. I just, th- just call it a glitch in the matrix. I definitely <laughs> think for the sequel, they can they can employ some of those techniques. They can you know, do a little more, you know. Could. Let's call it a little more, you know, duty free. Right. You know, low right. low impact, yeah. practical effect. Yeah. Okay, so we're on the subject of of DC heroes, DC characters, the Batman. What what were you about to well, say? Well, I, I got uh, one other question for Terry. Okay, because um, I asked you the uh, same question last week. Go yes. ahead, Eric. Yeah, well, thank you, Terry. <laughs> um, anytime we have a Batman movie, I think there's 
a lot of interest, of course, in who's playing the title character. I think there's also an equal amount of interest in who is behind the camera. You know, we had, uh, you know, Tim Burton. He Did gave a, a couple of go-rounds. Yep. Then, then the Schumacher movies. Trash. <laughs> um, and then we had the Nolan trilogy. Return to Good. When, it, when for a brief moment, we were close to getting the Ben Affleck movie. I wish we had. And I, I, I still do. Uh, but once that fell through, they announced that Matt Reeves was going to be behind the camera. And I was pretty much sold on, on, on him alone because he doesn't have a large filmography. But, like, of the movies he's done, like, he's been batting a thousand. You know what I'm saying? And He's been doing what? He's been batting a thousand. Batting a thousand? Damn it. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. Nice. He got me again. Return to form. There you go. Return to form for Jamal yeah. Murphy. But um, but when they announced that it was going to be him that was going to you know direct it and also co-write it, I was like, this this has a lot of potential. Did he have anything to do with Affleck's version? No. This was he was he came on totally after. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because Ben Affleck's uh, movie, he had already had the screenplay written. They just you know decided to go a different direction. But uh, Matt Reeves joined. Uh, the project on the on the basis of okay, let me, you know, I have an idea on what I want to do with these characters. Let me do it. Yeah, just just let me do it, and I'll, I'll give you something special. And so, I, I wish they had done it with with Ben Affleck. Yeah, and and to a certain degree, I can understand why. Like, because even he decided, it's like, you know, maybe I don't want to do this. Like, if my heart isn't going to be in this, because yeah. he was, you know, the whole Justice League thing, kind of. You know, soured him so, on it, and I, I get, I get his under, uh, his reasoning as to why he didn't do it. But, but when they announced first Matt Reeves for this new Batman, what was your initial thoughts? Now, keep in mind this I, is bef- this is before any casting announcements. I was vested in Batfleck, mm-hmm. and at the time, I really was like, I don't want to see one right, right now. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because I, I wanted to see a movie like that warehouse scene in Justice League. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like over it at that point. Yeah. And then when they announced that they cast Robert Pattinson, I was really upset. I remember that. I was highly yeah. upset. And then I had to go to the to the to the idea of one, I can't be I can't judge it before it comes out. Because they did that to Michael Keaton. Yes, and Robert and, Pattinson. And ben Affleck. Yes, and yeah. and I was I was on that on that train too with, mm-hmm. with Ben Affleck because mm-hmm. of Daredevil. Um, Robert Pattinson is a, is a good actor. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a, a Twilight fan. This those sparkly vampires. I'm not. Understood. I thought it was 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 terrible. Understood. I'm not a tween right. anymore. <laughs> I'm a grown woman. Um, <laughs> His work post Twilight, yeah, he's, very he's, eclectic. Yeah, and and not, nothing big, nothing big, but it's a lot of range in there, one hundred percent. So, who's to say he can't pull it off? Right. Plus, him coming from Twilight, mm-hmm. the stuff was kind of emo. Yeah, Batman is the most emo character, I think they besides the Crow. That's that's been created. So it kind of made sense. 
And that's when I kind of got on board with it. Well, that and that teaser that we seen during uh, Fandom. The, uh, Fandom, yeah. That, I giggled in the movie, and I, I had seen that scene plenty of times before. When he beat their first, uh, the anarchists down, which I honestly thought we was going to get anarchy in the movie, and they hadn't said it. Because that's what they called those. Is it? The little, I think they called them anarchists. I can't remember. They don't call them that in the movie. I think they call them that as like the descriptive of mm-hmm. who they are or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I thought Anarchy was going to be a a second villain or whatever you want to call it in the movie, but uh, it wasn't. Anyway, uh, so I giggled at that scene. I personally think it's genius. He doesn't say anything. He just whoops his ass. That's what you're supposed to do. And then the whole lead up to that, when you don't see anything, there was teasing through that whole sequence. Is he here? Is he there? And then you hear him walking. And then he comes out and handles business. Yeah. Genius. Loved it. Like I told Eric, I I think a Batman into the Batverse could could make a mint. It could make millions, billions even. But well, we're kind of going to get that. For one, well, yeah, we, the, we are. the Flash movie, yes. Yeah. Yes. but but not really. Benson might show up. You don't think so? No, he might show up. No, they. I mean, they might try to shoehorn in something in the last minute. I'm honest. I hope they don't. And two, I'm so glad that they did not pull a, a flip flop or whatever and put. Joaquin Phoenix's Joker in this. Oh yeah, that, right. fucking movie. that was never the plan. But it's, we know people, how they do. Well, people keep forgetting that Joker takes place in 1983. Yeah, the Batman takes place in 2021. Yeah, he could have still been around, locked up in in fucking Arkham. I'm glad they didn't do that. I'm so glad. Yeah, because I would have been pissed. Again, it. We've had this discussion previously. You know, DC DC. Slash Warner slash Discovery pretty soon should only focus on just making good movies and not to worry about being handcuffed or or have a threat to some other movie, especially like in a forceful kind of manner. Well, that's their problem. Cool, but but just make you know everything ain't got to connect. That's that's the whole problem. Quality over quantity is they tried to rush everything Mm -hmm. and everything felt forced. Nothing felt very organic. Right. You know. I think that was the whole problem. That's why it never jailed in the first place. So while we're on the subject of that, now there's been this bit of a, a shift in the release dates of some of these Warner Brothers and DC movies. So a lot of the things that we thought were going to come out this year are now shifted to next year. So now, but starting with the Batman, that's kind of been the first little wave of, well, I guess what we can expect now from the DC universe in already, terms crossed, of already crossed 500 million worldwide in two weeks. And, yep. and maybe the delays are, they felt like, look, we got to, we got to step these movies up. You see what the Batman just did. Well, again, it, uh, that, 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 uh, discovery, Warner yeah. discovery merger. I, I, th- I think that may have something to do with it. It's like, you know, we don't, you know, we have these release dates, but we don't have to, you know, force these movies out. Yeah. By this certain time, you know, if we need to work on something else, let's give these movies extra time. Let's make sure they're good first, please. Instead of trying to, because we don't need a, another Wonder Woman eighty four. We don't need that. We don't need another Justice League. 
We don't need any of that. Yep. You know, let's let's take our time. Quality over quantity is the way it should be. If they want to wait like a couple of, and I think it's it's not really by much. It's about like a couple it's, of months. I yeah, think. it's like Each months. Each movie, they, they yeah. adjust it by a couple of months. And then again, that could have something to do with, you know, um, other movies coming down the pike, you know, that have mm-hmm. certain release dates. Let's let's back off certain release dates, give our movies time to breathe, because if I'm not mistaken, Aquaman and Lost Kingdom was going to come out either a week before or a week after Avatar 2, I think. And you don't want to have your movie anywhere near that. No. I still don't think... I, I don't think it's going to be as big as the first one. It's been a long time. I, I mean, think we'll, it's, that's that's going to... We'll see. Yeah. But... I, I'll I, see I, it I, I out of curiosity. Yeah. I'm not expecting... Not the biggest fan of the first one. It was one of those movies. I seen it once. Oh, of uh, Avatar? Yeah. Oh, I've I never you. seen it again. I I've never had a desire to see it again. Mm-hmm. It's not even on streaming services. It's not on Disney Plus? I don't think so. It might be. No. Seeing as how I haven't because looked for it, though. That, that's, that so was, I don't know. That was, it might be. I know Fern Gully, the I, original. I, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say... Avatar was a Fox movie, but Disney acquired Fox, yeah, so mm-hmm. it might be. It might be, and it could could be on there now. It might not have been on there before. It could be on there now, right? Yeah, because I had to sign into my Disney Plus the other day because yeah. of <laughs> the awesomeness that they did put on there. Yeah. Okay, so real quick, uh, so the Flash movie was slated to be released uh, June of 2022, so three months, well, two months from now, then moved to November 4th. Right. And it's now going to be June 23rd, 2023. Oh, so it moved twice. It's moved a, a lot of times. Yeah. Well, it's, just it's, recently it moved twice. It's yeah. moved faster than Barry Allen has <laughs> yeah. changed the timeline in the comics. So they'll they'll attribute it attribute this whole thing to the COVID nineteen pandemic. You have lots of delays. And I've we, heard the Flash has it? Yeah. It, depending on where your allegiances lie in terms of is COVID a thing or not? It's a thing, but it's. But yeah, I think we're, it, I think we're building it, our immunities I, up to it. The, the Flash. Has been done for a while, like it's been complete, like in the can, really for a while. Yeah, but they're saying it has like twenty five hundred effect shots. And and I was going to get to that for that movie because. Some things that people don't understand about how movies are made. Uh, movies have different visual effects houses. So, like, they, they don't do everything in Los Angeles. Like, you may have a visual effects house in London. You may have one in Sydney. You may have one in Hong Kong. Could you have one in France? I'm pretty sure they have yep. effects houses in, in, in France somewhere. But, but you know, these, these movies have, have their shots farmed out to different houses, and they work on them. So, to a certain degree, I can see how that makes sense because you don't know what COVID protocols are in certain other countries yeah. and how how their lockdowns or, or or protocols affect those people in their jobs. You know, so I, to a degree, I get that. But again, Flash has been done for a while. But I digress. Digest that too. So yeah, and even Shazam: Fury of the Gods that got bumped up. Bumped up. Was released 2023 for whatever reason. 
And now they, it's been moved up to, I think, December 2022. That movie needs to come out within the next probably two to three months. That movie should have come out two years ago. It should have. <laughs> because <laughs> those kids are older than I am now, <laughs> somehow. Yeah, and when the concept of that is, okay, we have younger actors playing, you know. With the exception of one. Well, yeah, with the exception of one, playing superheroes. You want to see those characters and those kids kind of grow up, but you don't want to have the sequel four years later and they're all old enough to vote. Exactly. And playing the same age that they Yeah, playing the same characters. Not to mention the connection with Black Adam, which also got moved. Yeah. After watching that that little bit of footage we've seen, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I, it's gonna, I honestly, there's gonna be some more down Dwayne Johnson it, stroking it his ego. I, I'm, 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 I know that's your boy. I'm no, sorry. No, that's... just like he said, he's starting to get to that point to where it's like, uh, come on, you're not playing a character. You're playing, excuse me, you're not playing the the title character. You're playing the Rock. And it's starting to overpower every 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 one of his you know his characters since mm-hmm. you know you could suspend disbelief with certain characters at, at some point, but now it's all starting to seem to be the same damn person, and it's starting to like come on. No, I I get it, I totally get it. I think, and I know he's better than that because yeah, I, I was gonna get to that. You can t- with Dwayne Johnson with with he is oozing with charisma. And personality. Even if he's not the best actor, his ability to, and it comes from the wrestling, to talk on the mic. Right. You know what I mean? To deliver certain things. He'll, he'll draw you in. Yeah. yeah. Is it, it'll it'll it overrides it. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas you look at someone like like John Cena or Dave Batista, they have more range. Yeah, oh, I, I yes would say they do. I would oh, say no, they, do. they yeah. do. Really? You think yes. so? But also, because Batista doesn't talk. Well, it depends on the movie, but but he's but if you look at his filmography versus Dwayne Johnson's, Batista has more has more versatility to it. Yeah, and also, and also he doesn't have an ego to stroke because and, even he'll yeah. tell you like like I'm not the best actor. Like I I you know try to work with directors who will bring out my strengths as an actor. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. what they do with Batista, most of the time he's he doesn't have a lot of lines. Yeah, strong, silent type. Yeah, yeah. that's that's mainly who he is. Right. You know, and don't get me uh, wrong, he knocks it out the park as fucking Drax. Yeah. You know, the dry, the way he he delivers his lines, mm-hmm. everything is 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 it's perfect. Yeah. But like, um, but also, now, he, I don't, I, but, but keep in he mind, has a lot of like, like. not, but he's not a leading man. No, no, he works best, and that's what I'm saying. In, in an ensemble, so I think they they play more to his strengths. It's yeah. not, it's, it speaks more to it speaks to him not being a diva, right? And no, I'm I'm Dave Batista. I want to be the lead man, right? You know what I mean? And and, and even Cena. I mean, look at Peacemaker. Yeah, well, John Cena doesn't take himself serious. And and that's a strength. It is. He he really he really doesn't. I mean, you know, you see stuff. Um, there's there's watching some... him sell drugs and fucking uh, <laughs> twenty twenty one Jump Street. I mean, that was twenty two Jump Street. Wait a minute, which one was it? No, that was uh uh wasn't that Sisters with Amy Poehler and Tina Fey? You're right. That was it. Yeah, I'm sorry. So he had yep. all the tattoos. Yes. And yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was that's exactly what that was. Um. 
It was it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then Peacemaker is just brilliant. Yeah. He delivers that perfect too. Yeah. I think the one thing about both of those guys compared to Dwayne Johnson is they haven't built a persona in terms of movie star persona around themselves. They are character actors. They're playing they're playing characters that are against the type. Whereas right. Dwayne Johnson is playing that that guy. He's bald, he's badass. He's an alpha. He always, you know, is always able to command the room and take out the bad guys. Never takes damage no matter what what situation is. True. Even in even in the Jumanji movies, he's kind of a a version of that. Right. And in the Fast and Furious movies, he's kind of played the ultimate version of that. And that kind of leads itself to every other movie he does, he's playing a version of this kind of bald badass that he's kind of established himself as. Whereas Batista and Cena are kind of playing, they're playing different roles to kind of go against that type, that ca- that character that they played in WWE, which I right. think works to their benefit. Yes. And I, that way you can be more versatile. You can be a character actor as opposed to being an action guy, even though they, they both done action movies. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I would say, I would say Batista's filmography as of late and seeing this filmography, they're doing better than Dwayne Johnson is. And, and you look at who they work, who they work with, like, like Dune. And I think Dune part two will be the third time he's worked with Denis Villeneuve. Like, cause you got Blade Runner 2049, yeah, Blade Runner. Yeah. then Dune and then part two. Like, and I think if I'm not mistaken, Denis like wanted Dave. He's like, you're perfect for this part. Like you fit the build, but I can, I can, I can get something out of you. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he's worked with some really high level directors. Same with Cena. Like Cena's worked with, I think, I think James Gunn, James Gunn brings out both of their strengths in phenomenal ways with Guardians and Peacemaker. Right. Whereas you would think that someone with the clout of Dwayne Johnson would want to, you know, seek out roles where he can, you know, he's not playing the big buff bald alpha guy, you know, something that will allow him to stretch his acting abilities. Like the one time he did it, Gridiron Gang. Well, no, early well, on, when he was going to say, good. what's the sequel to Get Shorty? Be cool. Be, Be cool. cool. He that's, was great in that. That's true. And even but, but uh, keep in mind, he, he he wasn't the lead. Yeah. And even Doom yeah. is kind of a little bit of that. He's that badass, but he's the bad He's a villain. He, right. He kind of yeah. gradually turns into a villain yes. towards the end of the movie. Yeah. But it's just like, um, and that's another point I can kind of make is when movie stars get to a point where there's the persona that's hard for them to break. It's like if Robert Downey, Will Smith is another one. Denzel Washington's one of those guys. He's a, he's he's built a persona. There's the, Denzel, the aura of a, Denzel. A, he is an actor though. Yeah, but he's you know. yeah he's been able to do things that are outside the scope of oh it's Denzel. And he's not afraid to kind of step outside that persona. It's like See, Will Smith, flight. Well, yeah. Will Smith, he's he's a he was a rapper. Yeah, you know, slash that was his thing. And yeah, he was he was he's a rapper. He's a comedic actor. He's definitely not a comedian. Well, comedic actor. Okay, he's that's a comedic fair. That's, actor. That's fair. Yeah, you know, and he can play some some drama roles. We talked about this before. Some people that come from more of a comedy esque background, sometimes they can deliver those those drama roles better than some classically trained actors. Will, Will Smith is better when he when he takes his ego out of the equation. Yeah, like like Ali, Pursuit of Happiness, even yeah. Seven Pounds. Yeah, 
I haven't seen it, but I mean, he's getting a lot of high marks for King Richard, and that's because I mean, he 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 gained weight, you know, he yeah. you know tried to look the part, but you have these projects that he does where you okay, this is Will doing this now, yeah, you know, I would like to see him play a villain, even only once, and I don't think it's going to ruin his reputation. It's not going to ruin his career. He's it'll strengthen it. Is he's established his career for many decades now? I think. Look at Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's played a villain two or three times. Uh, Lestat, Vincent, yeah, um, and Les Grossman. Yeah, that was a a, a villainous role. Yes, but he but no ego. It's like he he he's stretching his acting talents. Like I don't have to be the good guy all the time, and he does that like every fifteen years. But still, you know, he he can do it. He's done it, is what you're saying. He's done he it. He doesn't yeah. do it, but he has done He's it. He's done it, yeah. yeah. Even Morgan Freeman has played a villain a couple of times. Yeah. But I think after a while, a lot of them kind of settle into that, ah, oh, this is this is the the Vin Diesel role. This is Oof. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, this is how Dwayne Johnson is going to play it. And when they do that, there's less believability because I, you know, okay, I know this is how Dwayne Johnson is going to play this character. He's not going to stretch himself in any way. I think it and works think, a little better with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, because of the character he was playing, who is an egomaniac. Yeah, when know? he's when he's playing Tony Stark. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to his version of Sherlock Holmes, there's a little bit of ego there, but there's ego kind of built by his level of intelligence, his attention yeah. to detail, how he's able to Because I, I was things. a fan of those Sherlock movies. Yeah. They're pretty good. Yeah. That's just me. Do, do you think Do you think with some of these big actors like a Dwayne Johnson, is it a fear of taking on a challenging role? Because we shit on Vin Diesel's ego a lot, but I mean, well, it's, er, early in his career, he had some pretty good roles. You know what I'm saying? Where he was able to, he, he wasn't, the Vin Diesel we know now, right? Which is, he which, also which is wasn't. Dumb. He wasn't the fucking the lead he man in those lead, yeah. those those movies. True. Look at Knock Around Guys, Boiler Room, uh, Saving Private Ryan. You know, because see those movies. None he, of those even, movies were about him, right? See these movies are basically it, it's him. <laughs> stories of Vin Diesel. <laughs> this, is, this is shit that he did on the weekend, based yeah, based on a true story. <laughs> yeah, it's based on a true story. Yeah. <laughs> Just my life, guys. Yeah, with my family. <laughs> yeah, you think about um, the action stars of the '80s, like Schwarzenegger and Stallone. Those guys had a persona that they were built around back then. But now that they've gotten a little bit older, they're still kind of playing badass characters. But especially with Sly, yeah, there's a little bit of it's not the same kind of unstoppable aura that they built around themselves. These right. guys are they're getting they're getting hurt, they get beat up, but they're still coming back to save the day at the end. And even Stallone's still playing Rocky, still playing Rambo, but it ain't like this. It's not I'm, the same. I'm gonna lie. Same Rocky and Rambo from back Rambo in the day. Movie? Oh yeah, they've been excellent. Yeah. Uh, Last Blood was on the other day. I was like, <sighs> like those, holy those shit. Are good. Yes. <laughs> I, I, more so yes, than the, to me, more so than the originals. Yeah. Now he he took a beating. I'm sorry. In the beginning, towards two, the beginning, two and, two and three. Yeah. One was the shit. First Blood, yeah. yeah one yeah. one was these shit. It was yeah. it was a little, dare I say, more grounded. It was than the than the others. Yeah. The others was, yeah. they started to. Well, he, he was yeah. an action hero. This motherfucker in, fought in, 
in, in war by himself. In two and three. He was action hero, yep. John yeah. Rambo. Whereas in First Blood, he was survivor, yeah. John Rambo. And then these last two, he's killing machine. Good Lord. John he's Rambo. Jason Voorhees, John Rambo. Yeah. Fuck Jason Voorhees. <laughs> Jason Voorhees. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, dare I say, the only one would be the one from the remake. Yeah, we'll even, give him a run for his money. Yeah. Even Jason Voorhees was look was looking at this movie like, damn man. I, even I ain't I ain't done done yeah, this shit yeah. like that. <laughs> them them first eight Jason Voorhees was this shit. Yeah. Yeah. You fucking with him. <laughs> Motherfucker crazy. <laughs> okay, so yeah, we haven't taken a break in a while, but we're gonna take a little bit of a break, come back refresh and collect ourselves and we'll be back with more we like it so what right after this okay so far so far so good and we're back with more we like it so what you know i haven't said this in a while but you can follow us on twitter and instagram at we like it so what that's one word keep up with all the latest updates all the latest goings on with your friends that we like it, so what? So what else do you guys want to cover on this episode? I know it's been been a while. Well, not to get, you know, too somber, but um, we, no, lost, get somber. we lost William Hurt, uh, who I guess most of our viewers or listeners would recognize as Thunderbolt Ross from the Marvel movies. Uh, but he's uh, he's been in the game for a long time, broadcast news, body heat, um, History of Violence, which he was nominated for an Academy Award, Best Supporting Actor. Um, I, I really liked him in Changing Lanes. Remember that with Samuel yeah. Jackson? He was uncredited in that movie. He only had two scenes. He was Samuel Jackson's um, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous sponsor. But just a couple scenes he was in, he brought so much gravitas to that movie that was already amazing as it is. But... but um, yeah, William Hurt, uh, we lost him, and we also lost Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon. Yep, a.k.a. the bad guy. Yep. I know the week, um, I think that he was in the hospital on life support. That was like that was a bad week for wrestling. Yeah, it was. That was the man. same week that Big E was injured. Yeah, man. Same week that Scott Hall was in the hospital on his kind of last days. So, yeah, not a good week to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, man, it was – Sad to hear about Scott Hall. Um, apparently, he had gotten back on the sauce. Had um, he? Yeah. They said he had. Yeah, he got back on it. And um, um, he had fell in his house and broke his hip. Oh. And he was, I think he was on the floor for a couple of days by himself. And somebody had reached out to DDP. Domondow's page and asked him, hey, have you seen Scott? Have you checked on Scott? And when DDP got there, he found Scott on the floor and he, DDP took him to the hospital and they were going to do uh, do a hip surgery. A blood clot got loose and he had three heart attacks. And uh, they were unable to um, get the blood clot or at least like chemically dissolve it. Because, you know, blood clots can pretty damn yeah. thick yeah and uh they weren't able to they like they the, the doctors nurses they did everything they could and at that point kevin nash had, had posted he's like you know scott's on life support we're waiting for his family to get here to 
tell your goodbyes. And then after that, but after they took him off life support, he was breathing on his own for a couple hours. He was trying to fight it, trying to kick out it too. And um, he took the pinfall. So, yep, 63 years old. One thing about that, when a wrestler, when a wrestler goes down, even when Big E was injured. Oh, that was rough. And when Scott Hall passed, you see the support across company lines. It's yes. not just, oh, it's AEW versus WWE versus Impact versus whoever. Because yep. you really think about Scott Hall's career, he worked almost everywhere. Which I did not remember him working with ECW. Yeah. Very briefly, yeah. ECW, um, AWA, New Japan. Like, he's done it all. Yep. Yeah. He's done it all. And I think that kind of sh- – that shows the, I don't know, the level of brotherhood and camaraderie that the wrestling business can can bring out. Yes. Now that's just among the wrestlers. Among the wrestlers. Yes, because and you even, have to understand, they all worked with each other at yeah. least at some point. You know, the yep. majority of them. Yeah, and even when Big E was injured, guys from different companies showed support. Yep. But I also think that that goes to show the character of the wrestler himself. Even Scott Hall may have had his demons that he dealt with, but there's something that, you know, just about every wrestler can say about him, how they influenced him or how he influenced them rather. They say he had one of the best minds in the wrestling business. Sting can tell you that. Sting owes pretty much the latter half of his career to Scott Hall because it was Scott Hall who came up with the Crow gimmick. I think I did. See that? Was some, I remember an interview or something. I think I seen that. That was a Scott yep. Hall idea. Yeah. And Sting's been rolling with it ever since. So, yeah, that sucks. Rest in peace, Scott Hall, a.k.a. Rez Ramon, a.k.a. the bad guy. Yep. Yeah. As the old saying goes, hard work pays off. Dreams do come come true. Tough times don't last. But bad guys do. That's right. Yeah. I think I probably screwed that up. Just a think, Yeah. But I, hey, I don't hey, care. Hey, we, we roll with it. Yeah. We knew you we know, I don't care. Yeah. We, we pick it up what you put. So, yeah. now, at one point I read Big E was not going to need surgery. I read and that And he was, he would be straight. Again, not too long ago, I read that the doctor saying he might not be able to wrestle again. So, is that still? Not sure. Apparently, um, because after the the spot happened, um, the ref immediately knew something was up. He, you know, he was didn't move all that much. But he, once they got him to the medical facility, as they call it in W WWE, they don't say hospital, they say medical facility, which is so stupid. Um, yeah. He was able to move his fingers and his toes. They said that he would not. Um, he would not need surgery, but I think the um, the spine that took the brunt of the of the fall, there's two fractures that can heal, but it's going to be tricky just by where they're located. So he made an Instagram post uh, yesterday or the day before. He's wearing wearing a neck brace you know, yeah. to keep his keep his spine stable and everything. So I don't know, man. I mean, you know, neck injuries, nothing to mess around with. I mean, Steve Austin. I'll tell you that I was I was gonna you know? I was gonna get to that because um, he broke his neck right yeah yeah uh, he had his uh, C 
five and six, he had a fusion surgery. And which they say fusion surgeries are kind of tricky. Yeah, didn't Edge break his uh break his neck too? I I I think he may have had a fusion too. And they weren't supposed to wrestle anymore. Now we know Edge came back. And Stone Cold is ready to come back at WrestleMania. But he won't do anything. He he won't do anything physical to the point to where it's going to cause any kind of trauma to his neck. Because after he had that injury, when Owen Hart gave him the power yeah. driver in 97, I believe it was, yep. once Steve got healed up and came back, he had to change his style. Yeah. You know, to where he wouldn't, you know, doing so much with his neck, you know. Yeah, we so, no more of that right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but whatever happens at this year's WrestleMania, it's going to be physical, but not to where, you know, he has to worry about his neck or anything like that. But And I didn't realize he had been retired for 20 years. Yeah, now he hasn't I, been retired as far as not appearing on television. Well, in the ring, in, in, in the ring. His last yeah, match 20 yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that. That was, that's, time is flying. Tell you. Y'all getting old. <laughs> what do you mean? Y'all. Oh. You the oldest one here, Terry. Yeah, he's what he's older than me by what, six months? I think. Yeah. I think, right? Yep. I'm the baby of the group. So, <laughs> the ba- the baby big, of the bunch. Big ass baby. baby. <laughs> big ass baby. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, um, man, I miss that stuff. What, yeah. what stuff? The the old the attitude era. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, because we dwell on that it part. used to be fun. We like Eric and I kind of go back and forth on uh, Instagram about wrestling shenanigans, but we never really get into it on this show because I don't, I mean I don't want to make this another fucking wrestling podcast. There's enough of them. But I've noticed that like the level of Stan war buffoonery that goes on these days in wrestling is probably, you know, far and away the worst thing about wrestling. That's why, honestly, I can't get into it anymore. When we watch it, when we would watch it after we would, you know, record, you know, some days, I don't understand how people still like this. It's like, it's not good. I think it's just, it's been grandfathered in. With us, if you watched it in the '80s and '90s, and kind of, you've if you've been watching it since then, you're you're probably always going to watch it in some form or another, because that was like. But see, me, it's, it's the then. it's the opposite. But then, yeah, you can because when yeah. I watch it, it's like this is not what I grew up on. This is and then too, so yeah, that's another thing that the level of sophistication in terms of looking at wrestling for what it is, it's yeah, it's play fighting, it's theatrics. You can see gymnastics. Gymnastics, you can see the the fakeness of it. You don't believe it. Yeah. The level of believability isn't there because now you're kind of, you're able to see all aspects of it, how it's done from inside the ring and outside the ring. But I think that, you know, most wrestling fans, they're looking at it in terms of like a turf war. Oh, we got to, you got to pick a side. Can you, can you be WWE or can you be AEW or you're a fan of Impact or you're a fan of New Japan? And I think there's NWA. there's enough, yeah, NWA. Like there's there's enough room and enough space for all of them, and it doesn't mean you have to form a side 
and be totally against one or the other. But I also think, too, you can also look at it as like you don't have to take it seriously. You can look at it. It's a form of entertainment the same as any other. It's like I don't I don't look at the the Iron Man movies and expect Robert Downey Jr. to be outside the Iron Man movies flying around in an Iron Man suit. No, I do. (laughs) I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't try to preserve kayfabe the way some some wrestling fans do. Kayfabe was the best thing about wrestling. Yeah, but then you look at like, you could say on that on that note, like, well, I don't I don't expect Tom Holland to be flipping around like Spider Man, which is weird because he, he can actually, actually do, can. he can yeah. do that. Yeah. I, I do. That's the funny <laughs> thing about now. That's one of those notions where like, okay, there's a level of believability because he has you know a gymnastics background. He can right. he can flip around if you wanted or, or to. Wesley Snipes playing Blade. Yeah, like Wesley can, knows that shit. He can kick somebody's ass. You know, if he, but we he all know to. Wesley Snipes is Blade. That's true. Especially yeah, in Blade Trinity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. But yeah, this he was a vampire and he was high as shit. <laughs> <laughs> Only going out at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's really bizarre seeing the the state of the wrestling industry now. Even even to the point to where if you watch AEW, you can tell Jim Ross like really does not like some of this shit yeah. that he has to announce. Yeah. And sometimes like he'll he'll call some shit out. Yeah. You know? And that's not him being this old 70-year-old curmudgeon. This guy's the voice of wrestling. You know, he's he's been in this industry for like 40 years. Yeah. Like he, he knows it, it, it's his job to the guys in the ring, they tell the story. He's just he he's he's sounding it off. You know what I'm saying? And he can't do that with some of these some of these jokers in AEW. You you can't believe some of these people. And then yep. all of them are as green as greener than chlorophyll. They and don't know what they're doing. And it's to give them some credit, it's also the gimmick that right. said company is pushing on these people. Well, yep. they say in AEW, the wrestlers have a lot of creative freedom, and and that's and that's okay to and, an extent. And, yeah, and but in the ring, you need to know what you're doing. Yeah, and getting to that point, if that's the case, then your your gimmick sucks. Well, you know who's booking the AEW, right? Who the owner, Tony Khan? That's he's, what he's, I was. Yeah, he's I was going to say that, everything. but I wasn't sure. It's like. Did I think I may have asked y'all this? Does he have a wrestling background, or he just he was he just a has fan. a lot of money? He, or, or as Jim Cornette would say, he's a mark. Yeah, he's the, a mark. Some people call him the money, the mark. money mark. No, he was. So he has no wrestling ties other than he's a uber fan. He's a yeah, fan. and and him and his dad had the funds to do the startup, and here we are. Yo, because yeah. his dad Shad Khan owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, and then Tony owns, gotcha. I think, Tottenham FC Football yes. Club. Yep, gotcha. So they've mm-hmm. they've got a sports background in terms of they, so they own have a, sports they have a teams sports that background, yeah. right? And they've got money, but not yeah. sports entertainment, right? You see, the cons, in all actuality, have more money than Vince McMahon, but they don't have the experience. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, for better or for worse, I mean, you know, Vince, he still. He's still working. He's still in it. Seventy, what, five years old? He's yep. still, you know, again for better or for worse. Because I mean, some of the stuff we see on WWE is questionable. Yeah. Imagine. Okay, you're watching wrestling on a Monday night, Friday night, whatever. Okay, so they're about to have a match. Wrestler comes to the ring. They say, "Okay, this wrestler is up next," and then they go to commercial. They come back from commercial. They don't go back to the wrestler. They cut to a promo some other wrestlers doing. Then after that, 
They do a recap of what happened on SmackDown the previous mm-hmm. week or Raw. They done they do that. Then they go back to the wrestler. Now that wrestler has been in the ring for maybe ten minutes. Yeah, with a stem up his ass. With with commercials, all of that. Just so imagine standing around. You're watching that as a wrestling fan. You're like, what the fuck is this? Where's the wrestler? And I think it's because they have so many irons in the fire. They have to appeal to the advertisers. They got sponsors they have to deal with. They got to kind of. They created this formula where, okay, wrestler comes to the ring, they go to commercial, they come back, they got to tell another story with some other wrestler that's not related to the one that's in the ring. Mm -hmm. Then they go back to the wrestler. So you as a wrestler, you're in the ring for maybe 10 minutes, maybe even 20 minutes, depending on what's going on in the periphery. But what you're saying is they're having a match? Yeah. And then, then the match starts. So you yeah, imagine yeah, oh, this is pre-match. Yeah. So the match hasn't started yet, and they're just in the damn ring. Right. So I think what they do, they turn the lights down, then they show all of these previews and promos on the the Titan Tron, and then imagine you're you're a wrestling fan in the arena that's, having that's to watch exactly that. That's exactly what I was yeah. going to. Like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. I want to see a match. And I think that's a problem with wrestling now is that they're too caught in they're too caught up in trying to create a product that has a certain flow to it. Just like an AEW, you'll have a match and they cut to someone cuts a promo, yeah. then someone else cuts a promo, then they go to the commercial, come back, then someone else cuts a promo, then they go to the ring and have a match. It's like, you've got to figure out how to pace your show so that it makes sense, not only for people watching in the, in the crowd, but people watching at home. Because if I was watching at home and I'm like, well, 10 minutes of commercials and they come back and they a, a promo. Right. They just change the channel. Yeah. And again, that takes you completely out of what's going on. You don't believe any of that. Right. You don't believe none of it. I think, well, and see that they didn't, bias, they, they didn't do that. Like back in the day. I was day. just about to say my bias is showing they cut better promos. They were more entertaining. Right. You know, the people, the wrestlers had more charisma. Now, don't get me wrong. You had some duds, yeah. You yeah. know, a lot of duds, but yeah. you had some a lot that made up for it. Yeah. And I think it just it just felt it it felt better. I think it's because we had we had less access to them in terms of being characters back then. True. Yes. Especially if you look at how wrestling was in the eighties, like NWA, like Crockett, like yeah, that shit felt real. Like when Wilson yeah. would jump Dusty Rhodes yeah. and would like break his leg, like. And he was always every every match he was that, playing. That felt real. And then like you didn't see like a half an hour later, Dusty and Rick and Arn hanging out the Sizzler. Right. You legitimately yeah. thought they hated each other. Kayfabe. And it was on Protect site. Kayfabe. Protect Kayfabe. And the thing is, like, they would have you would have your heel dressing room, you'd have your baby face dressing room. You yeah. know? And a lot of times, like they really wouldn't they would send a referee back and forth. To communicate that way, that way, you know, fans wouldn't see wrestlers like you know in the in the, in the back, you know, going in between dressing rooms yeah. and whatnot, protecting kayfabe. Even when Magnum TA had his accident, because I was listening to Arn Anderson's podcast, they asked him about it, because Magnum had the rocket strapped to his back. They were going to make him world champ. Yeah, you know, he had his accident because uh, he was he was already in a big angle with Flair because they were going to try to make that transition because Magnum was the guy. Yeah, you know, this is before like Sting and Luger, you know, before they became the the faces of the good mm-hmm. guys. It was going to be Magnum T A. He had that bad accident. He was in the ICU, 
and they they um, they called up uh, uh, the horsemen like Aaron, Rick, Tully, like J.J. Dillon. They went to the hospital to see Magnum that night, but they had to go up like like a back entrance, <laughs> like up up through the freight elevator, to keep away from everybody. Yeah, and they sealed off like that part of the ICU just so the horsemen could go in and see Magnum. They they went through that. They went through those thing, links to protect kayfabe because yeah. I mean. You know, they all knew each other, you know, and just because they hate each other on TV, that doesn't mean that yeah. you don't go check on this guy. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, they all got along, you know, but horsemen are the bad guys. Magnum's a good guy. But that's what they have to do to protect their characters. They have to do all that, you know. Yeah. So so people in the hospital would see, well, that's the nature boy. What's he doing here? Is, so, he here, is he here to beat up Magnum T.A.? Yeah, yeah. In, in the hospital? Well, that would have <laughs> been WWF. They would, yeah, they definitely would have made the They would have tried to capitalize yeah, on that been somehow. You know, but yeah. Like, who was, who's, who the hell was that? They went to his house and that motherfucker shot at him. Steve Austin and Brian Pillman. Brian Pillman, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Austin 316 <laughs> is about to meet Pillman 9mm Glock. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, Little but, did but, we know when we're watching Brian Pillman legitimately have a breakdown. Yeah. 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 The, the loose cannon. Was a real loose cannon. Yeah. But, but you don't believe anything anymore. But I think, yeah, the social media age has kind of Fucked ruined a lot of it. And now we have wrestling journalists that want to get stories out before they play out. It's like, oh, this guy. Elter. Yeah, just got just left WWE. Oh. He's on his way to AEW. Oh, yeah, we expect him to be there tonight. So then there's, if you're paying attention to this stuff, there's less of a surprise when the guy does show up. Right. And now it's, we know the behind the scenes over. This guy has backstage heat. Mm-hmm. This guy He's in the doghouse because he did this move and blah blah blah. Yep. And this person's a, getting fired because of such and such. Yeah. And there's there's a part of me that is, I'm not really invested in that. I don't really I don't care who has heat on whatever for right. doing whatever move. It's like if I'm watching The Flash, I don't care if Grant Gustin has backstage heat. Right. Because <laughs> he went off script. Right. It's like I was telling you when the the story about Cody Rhodes broke, he was leaving AEW yeah. to go to WWE. And people are thinking, oh my God, I bet this is I bet this is a work. Yeah. They're trying to work us. Like, if Grant Gustin had left the flash and was going to a show on NBC, but then you find out, oh, it was part of a multiverse storyline. It's it's Barry Allen going up yeah, to the but, show. Yeah. Like, what the hell ridiculous say, that is? What the hell? <laughs> There's no way they can why do did, that. Why did he leave? No way. AEW? I think it's it was, they say it was like creative issues. He wanted a little more control over what was going on with I his character. I thought he had a whole lot of damn well, control. He, does, he yeah. was one of the executive vice presidents. Yeah. But apparently, you know, negotiations between him and Tony Khan had reached an impasse and they couldn't work anything out. So he he bounced, him and his wife. So yeah, he's, now the scuttlebutt is he has signed with WWE. Mm-hmm. But she's not over there, right? No. As far as we know, no, it's just him. But apparently she is getting back in training to, to wrestle again. Well, she has returned from having a baby to to wrestle. But I guess, you know, if you want to work in WWE, you got to work in that WWE style. You know, very safe, kind of very, you know, not safe for the cho- most part. choreographed I was about to, to say, an they, extent. Ooh, they can work on that, on their routines a little more. Yeah, in, in all aspects. It is, uh, I mean, they, they've had some. Yeah, I it's, mean, I mean, it's rough. I mean, Big E, you know, and even, even Taz, he was like, who was reckless as shit? Yeah, but but he was known as the human suplex machine. 
And even he was like, you know, if you're going to do a move, and apparently like they did that belly to belly suplex, overhead suplex in the ring, which is different than doing it out on the out mat. On, out on concrete, yeah. Yeah, and then you got a big guy like Big E. Who's not, he's a big guy. It's like suplexing a, a fucking refrigerator. Yeah, he's, he's a yeah. big motherfucker. Yeah. So Taz said, I mean, it's got to tighten up your technique a little bit and make sure that, you know, that you have enough to where the guy clears you. Because on AEW last week, I think, wasn't it Hager that powerbombed um, Eddie Kingston and yep. missed the table and his head? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he went through the head. table, but it, he didn't clear the table like he should have. Yeah. Oh, that was hard to watch because he didn't he didn't pull he didn't push Eddie Kingston away from him. Yeah, away like enough to hit the table. Yeah. Yes, he just dropped him straight down. I was like, Jesus Christ! He, it's a wonder he didn't land on his neck. Yeah, it could have been bad. Yeah. Did WWE outlaw the powerbomb for a while? They they outlawed the the, uh, the sit down power driver. driver. Yeah. Okay. Like what happened with Austin? Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah, Tomb, that's, Tombstone, that's a, Tombstone's fine because that's a normally it was Taker move. doing it. Taker protected everybody. Yeah, that's a dangerous move. But the sit down to uh, pile driver, that's a big no no because even when you go back and watch footage of that happening to Austin. I mean, you can just see like his neck, yeah. like an accordion. Yeah. Like, oh my he's God. He's lucky yeah. he's walking. He said the first thing yeah. he thought of was Christopher Reeve. Yeah, he is lucky he's walking. That was yeah, no shit. That was a bad. That was that was bad. Yeah, yeah. Because even something like the tombstone, you can just land on your knees, and that's going to protect right your opponent from landing on his head because there's that there's that little bit of you know space there. Any wrestler says that like they do not mind taking the tombstone from from Taker because he knows what he's doing. Now, Hogan, at one point, tried to say that Undertaker hurt him. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. And and Taker went back and looked at the footage. Hogan's head came no – it didn't even, like, really hit the hit the canvas. Like, because take, Taker protected him. You know what I'm saying? But that's Hogan. With that – with all Hogan that looks – yeah. His, you know, that's an evil. Trying to protect his spot. Yeah, because yeah, I heard they got into it backstage. You know what happened? Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, nigga. <laughs> that's what Undertaker said. That's what Undertaker said after you know uh, Hogan tried to throw him under the bus. I was one of the biggest fans of Hulk Hogan. But I, I was, yeah, we all I was were. a Hogan mark when I was a kid. But he can he can really eat a dick now. Yeah, he can eat a bag of them. <laughs> and that that's another thing that goes to the amount of access you have to a wrestler. Yeah. Once you really find out some of these guys are scumbags. Yeah, some wrestlers are just you know they're okay. They do what they need to do and they they go about their business. Some of these guys. Trying to drug other wrestlers, trying to you know raping women while they're on the road, yeah, intentionally hurting and blading guys. When I say blading in wrestling terms, that's you know the cut across the forehead to you know so to can, draw blood and so get color. Yeah, yeah see, get color. Um, New Jack, if you want to see what blading looks like, or if yep. you just want to see what attempted murder looks like, yeah, because yep. his forehead. Same with Dusty. Dusty was Abdul, I think, Abdul the Butcher. Abdul the Butcher is probably like uh, the you know what? worst Ab- of all time. Yeah, Abdul, like. Abdul the Butcher, then Dusty Rhodes. Then New Jack. Then, well, New Jack's was, I'm talking about the, the results of it. Yeah, yeah, New Jack. His yeah, forehead his was, forehead jacked, was up. jacked all up. Yeah, yeah and that's it crazy. It was New Jacked up. Yeah, and that's crazy <laughs> because a lot of, let's say, a lot of wrestling fans and probably the more old school wrestlers. They would say wrestlers now are the too soft. They yes. just want to play video games yeah. and just want to joke around. But those guys back in the 70s and 80s were like, they were really hurting each other. Yeah. And they didn't have to. 
because it's a job just like any other job. When I go to my job, I'm not trying to intentionally hurt somebody exactly. because I want to make it believable while I'm on the job. Now, granted, this job is, as a professional wrestler, you have to kind of, it's simulated violence, it's right. choreography, it's all those things, but yep. it does not mean that you have to go out of your way to make it realer than real right. and bust a guy up right. to make the fans in the crowd say, oh yeah, he really hurt him. It's not fake. So I don't, I don't fault these kind of newer wrestlers who want to play video games and have a life outside of that. They're living longer. Yeah. I was going to say, well, these, these, the new guys, even if you hurt people, we know it's fake. I hate yeah. to say that because it's scripted. There we yeah. go. It's, we know it's scripted. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We don't expect them to be in there and actually get hurt. Because, I mean, because it's, of you have to work with each other. Yeah, because kayfabe you know, is gone. Kayfabe is dead. See, back in the day, when we seen somebody legitimately get hurt, that's because we believed they were going to get hurt from the beginning. Yeah. Or, or they really were. Could hurt. get hurt yeah. from the beginning. And when we seen them in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, and imagine they would work an area. You know, depending on who you were, all right, you have, say, you have Sting. His move then, Scorpion Deathlock. Mm -hmm. Works your back. So he did a lot of moves that, you know, was, was going to play to that, to his signature move yeah. setup. So when he put you in it, and you legitimately was holding your back, you know, we really thought he was getting hurt. And don't get me wrong, if you look, if you really lock that in on somebody, you can really, hurt yeah. like hell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's been lots of cases of kids that were injured or yeah. killed don't, because they don't did wrestling. Don't try this at home. Because I'm going to tell you what, the figure four hurts. <laughs> if you know personal, how to lock it in right? Yeah, from, from personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> My brother used to put me in it all the time. Yeah, hell, even doing, even doing a, a legit clothesline. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if you Oof. don't. If you don't sell that move right, it's, right. You're, you're getting hit. Yeah, you you are you're getting for real hit. getting hit. But if you look, even if you look at tag team wrestling, like you know any any great tag team would usually work a body part. Usually the heels, like take like Aaron Anderson and any one of his various partners he's had over the years, whether it be Tully Blanchard, Larry Zbysko, um, Bobby Eaton, Oli, yeah, Oli, yeah. You, you you work a body part, work work mm -hmm. that arm. For a couple minutes, mm -hmm. it's a rest hold, but you're working that body part. Tag out, partner come in, work work that same part. I isolate that body part, and that's you know? completely what they were doing. Yeah, resting, we're, we're, and, and we did not, but we did not but know it. Wearing you down, yeah, but we did not but, know but, it. But but, but yeah, it's just, just resting. That's all you do. We doing. thought that they was in there really twisting and 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 hurting that damn arm. Yep, yep. They ain't doing nothing. Little did we know they asses was in there catching their breath. It's all a part of the illusion. Yep. But they now, knew how to do it back then. Yeah. Now you have a guy take four power bombs, get slammed through a table, and no selling. Get, right, right, get back right back up. Like, or a small package pin, schoolboy, whatever they want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three. That's the end of the match. Power bomb me and put me through a table. I'm a later. I'm hell yeah. You gotta pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laying there. TV or not? I'll look at the hard camera and it's like, hey. <laughs> pull up. <laughs> Pulling Austin Aries when he got, you know, I think his last day in Impact, where he got hit with the, uh, the Starship Pain one two three, got right back up and walked out. That was it. That was because he knew he was he, he was, was done, done with the company. Yeah, he had nothing to lose. Yeah, he's but, like and gave gave the crowd the finger, and that was it. Damn. That's something that 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 Bully Ray talked about on his on his show that 
a lot of wrestlers nowadays, especially the younger guys, they don't, they haven't mastered the art of registering a move and selling a move. It's just from one spot to the next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That takes away all believability. It's, I mean, does it look cool? I mean, yeah, but I don't believe it. You, you, you're not, you're not making me believe this is real. You sit there and do, like you said, three power bombs, eight super kicks, super kick, and the DDT used to be protected finishers. So those yeah. were those were finishing moves. Finishing moves. There and were numerous people who had the super kick. Right, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Super kick. Bradshaw. But yeah, there's there's levels to it though, because yeah. one guy could have a have a super kick as a finisher, and another guy can have a super kick just a regular old move. Well, uh, the, the the young bucks, the young bucks, or yep. Jim Cornette calls them the young fucks. Yeah, <laughs> Adam Cole was another one. All these they have super kick parties. Yeah, all these flippy midgets, these yeah. vanilla midgets. That's another bullshit thing that people like to talk about these days. The vanilla vanilla midgets are killing the business. Small guys. Yeah. Like any mates. any that's guy that's like five nine, maybe under. I don't understand how that's how would that kill the business. I think it's the mentality of a wrestler has to have a certain presentation, has to have a certain size and build. You don't want him to look. Well, that's Vince McMahon talking. Yeah, you don't want him to look like a guy that works at Best Buy, or a guy that works at Domino's. Even though there's probably a lot of those guys that are wrestling in independent federations now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That are you know we've seen it. We've gone. Eric and I gone a lot of. Independent shows. Yes, we have. And we've seen guys that look like they worked at the fucking Ford dealership. Yeah. And they're wrestling. Hell, how, half of those guys that were famous in the 70s and 80s looked like used car salesmen. Yeah. They were just, I mean, you had a lot of those guys at one time. They were they were big guys, mm-hmm. but they weren't in shape. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know they what I mean? They were just big. Yeah. They, were just, they were just big. They were just, you know, big guys. Right. But that... I think that changed when WWF at the time was really cooking on all cylinders. Yeah. Like with guys like Hogan, Warrior, the you know, the, the big muscular guys. Yeah. Whereas guys in NWA, Crockett, WCW, they were just more big guys. You know what I'm saying? Some of them wasn't. With, with the exception <laughs> of like Luger. Like like Luger was. You had a few. He was on the gas. Yeah. You know, big time. Um, uh, Hercules see, Hernandez. Sid Vicious. Sid. Yep. M2. We we did say Ultimate Warrior. Right? You know we said well, Warrior. Yeah, because he goes, yeah. That was yeah, that was uh, the era of all those guys that were definitely full on juice. They were on the Because gas. uh who was it? Um Brutus? Didn't he didn't he used to live with Macho Man? Hogan. Was it it he, was Hogan? He's a Hogan guy. Yeah, he's yeah. And, and like I told I told Maul like last night, like Randy Savage. Got on the gas big time towards yep. the latter half of his career. He did because he was never a big dude. But you look at him towards but he the was, end. He was cut. He was him, always cut. He was kind of lean, you know. Yeah. Look at him towards the end of his run in WCW. Yeah, he he got went little, to Impact. Yeah. And even when you see him in Spider Man, he is jacked yeah. to the gills. Yeah. Veiny and tan. It's like oh, he tanned as shit. Fuck. His 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 with, Italian came with with that all thin with that thin hair. <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know who Hogan. Hogan's. You know. Hogan's is worse. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. He, yeah, he's still trying to hang on to it. Yeah. Well he keeps um, uh keeps the bandana on, brother. Yeah. No kidding. But it yeah, it, it just it just sucks, man. It's not the same as it used to be. I wish they would at least have finishers that were protected. 
You know what I'm saying? Like nobody kicked out of Jake Roberts DDT. Mm-hmm. Nobody kicked out of out of Hogan's leg drop. Wasn't kicking out the spine buster. Especially when Arn Anderson did. Yeah, when Arn Anderson did. Either that or, or the Gort Buster. Or when uh DDP did the diamond cutter. That yeah. move was so over. But now it's just a this, it's the RKO um, or it's some version yeah. of a cutter. The yeah. the the stunner. Right. If even if, the rock bottom, which was a horrible move. Even the people's elbow, dude. The people's elbow was trash. He's pinned, he's gotten the one, two, three on but, people using the people's yeah. elbow. That's an elbow drop. But, but you think about it. What was Hogan's finisher? The leg drop. The big boot leading to the leg drop. And they both were terrible. Yeah. I liked it when I was a kid. I did. I did too. But when you think about it. As soon as you it, see that big boot, you know what's next. When you think about it, they are the dumbest. <laughs> and you know how much I loathe the frog splash. Oh, come on, dude. And I would rather see, because it is as trash as that is, it is it's still is the more frog of a finisher. Frog splash is great. It's it terrible. really yeah, it hate, depends on hate, who does it, though. It, it depends on who does it. And you know who's I hate the worst? RVD? Nope. D-Lo Brown. D-Lo fucking I love D-Lo's frog splash. Anyway. I like I like D-Lo's and Eddie's. RVD did Eddie, it good, Eddie, and he would always sell it like it hurt him, too. Now, that's because it did. Now, Eddie's son... Dominic, Dominic Mysterio, no, his frog splash. <laughs> no, no, no. Eddie Guerrero no is the his only was the best. person, and that's just because it's Eddie Guerrero that gets a pass on the frog splash. His was always crisp. And it's it's not just that. It's he, because he, he did it the same way every time. It's because jump off, he do that is, tuck. Because he's Eddie Guerrero. He's, yeah, he's, he's great. Now, if you watch uh, Montez Ford's, when he does it, his is spectacular because it looks like he's about to jump completely through the roof. His is well, that's what I was saying. Land. Rob Van Dam. His is pretty, and plus he's a lightweight guy. Yeah, you know, Rob Van Dam gets a lot of air when he jumped up. That's why I think it legitimately hurt him when he yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah, splashed always, and then he'll pop up. And, yeah. and favor his midsection. Yeah, and then roll over for the pin. But the big boot and the leg drop, terrible. Well, you know that that fucked Hogan's back up. I think his back was just already fucked up. <laughs> Probably from lifting Andre the Giant. <laughs> yeah. Hogan's had like 20-something back surgeries. Yeah, that was because that's Because you're doing that all the time. That boot got lower and lower. <laughs> and that big leg drop was more of like a squat. Well, you know, a, a lot of guys who did those high-impact moves where they, they'll do a move where there's a splash, uh, not a splash, but um, a leg drop from the top turnbuckle. I mean, the way you land, like on your the, the impact on your pelvis and your spine, yeah, yeah. like Matt Hardy, like his pelvis is fusing to his spine, like on its own from doing that that leg drop off the top turnbuckle. Same thing happened to Bobby Eaton. Uh, what do you call that move? Um, I'm drawing a blank. He, Bobby Eaton, his finisher, he would get to the top turnbuckle and he do he do the leg drop, uh, the Alabama jam. Yeah, that's what he would do. And you know what? Yeah. Fandango used to do it. Yep, top rope uh, and, leg drop. And Bob Eaton's back was all his back and hips was all jacked up before he died. Who is it? Uh, Carmelo Hayes yep. in NXT 2.0. He yep, does a 2.0. top rope. I think like a top rope leg drop. But his isn't so much. He land. He jumps from the top all the way to the to the uh, to the mat. He uh-huh. kind of the his opponent kind of breaks his fall a little bit. Right. When he does a leg drop, right. so it's not as bad. Yeah. 
my finisher would be have to be some kind of hold. <laughs> Sleeper hold. Or some kind of. A, a, a submission. Yeah, submission. some kind of submission or some kind of power bomb-esque type shit. I just know. I ain't, no. i tell you what was always incredible is watching big dudes do any kind of flip that they pull off amazingly. Like um, when uh, Tuco Scorpio would do that front oh, flip splash. Talking about, I'm I'm thinking big like who? What's the heavyweight dude who used to do the flips? Oh, Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam, yeah, yeah. Vader. Invader. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. would do the moonsault yeah. off the that, top that turnbuckle. Moonsault. Yeah. Now, now, why is it? Everybody's you know they. Why is that later? <laughs> no, they <laughs> they look at like Keith Lee. He's a big dude uh, doing kind of cruiserweight moves. Cruiserweight moves. He's a large a, guy. Can do a Spanish fly, does a leapfrog and a drop down. Yep. And it's amazing, like for a guy his his build, now I will say, I think he could probably he could cut down about forty pounds. Fifty fifty pounds? You think I I mean if I think he just toned up. Yeah, because he wasn't before he left WWE and I think before he had a bout with COVID, he was he yeah. was a big dude, yeah. but he wasn't like super 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 heavyweight status. He well he's like only six he's six foot. I think he's about a six one, six two. Is it? I thought he's. I thought yeah. it was six foot. He's tall. So see, yeah, about six two, All probably like about probably about three fifty. Build at three forty eight. Right. But yeah, they, but they nowadays like they're gonna give him a lot of flack for doing those moves, and it's because he's fat. <laughs> but see, they say fat now. Yeah. He's not bigger than Vader. Vader no. was like every bit four hundred pounds. He's not bigger than Bigelow. He ain't taller, and he's not heavier. No. So that's what I'm saying. Why? Because of today's market. And because he's fat. What's the little What's the little guy from the the? I think it's NXT. That's in the um the the dinosaur little the little anorexic guy. Oh, you're talking about Marco Stunt. Marco Stunt. He's in AEW. Yeah. He's a Luchasaurus. But. Well, he, he, but he's he's okay. Well, he's that not. Guy, he's not there anymore. But no. still, that guy weighs as much as that damn juice cup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if that. So you mean to tell me it's okay if he's in there whooping somebody's ass? A big dude. But too. let let Keith Lee do a flip, and all of a sudden it's uh, that's, that's a no no. It's a faux pas. Eat a dick. <laughs> I think they 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 want a level of believability in terms of being a big man. Big men should do big moves. You should do power bombs. Choke slams, all Spine this stuff. Busters, yeah. Leave that for the leave the you know moon salts, four fifty splashes. Leave that for the flippy midgets. Yeah, that, so this coming from the same moves. company that had the giant losing to Rey Mysterio. Yeah, it's all about <laughs> telling the story, believability. Because, in all honesty, if if, if that's the way that you want to market it, who's going to beat him? Right. He was the the largest wrestler they had. Besides uh Giant Gonzalez. Giant Gonzalez yeah. and what's his name from that was in the longest yard? Oh, the Kali. great Kali. Yeah. Great Kali. Yeah. I think they're taller than he is, but he's he's bigger than both of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Giant Gonzalez, he was a he was a big he, dude. He, he was he was a little taller than Taker. No, he's a lot taller than Taker. He's he's over seven foot. Yeah, I think he was supposed to be like seven foot six. Yeah, and now he, they've got. I don't think he's that. Now they've got uh, the giant. Shaq is almost. seven four. Who? Shaq. No, 
Shaq seven uh, two. He probably is now. He's seven got two. a little bit older. No, well, that, well, that's that's true. Yeah. They may have built him that in wrestling because you know they go over. Shaq's height is like seven one two. Um, Yao Ming is I think seven four. Now he's he's legit. He's seven four or seven yeah. five. He's yeah. and you can see the difference in him and and Shaq. Oh yeah, they've been in pictures together. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I think John Gonzalez was like seven two, three. Wait, you see a difference between Yao Ming and who? Shaq. Shut up. Shit. God damn it. Between Shaq. Yao Ming and Shaq. <laughs> the giant is seven foot. I think he's legitimately seven foot. Oh, yeah. Paul White. Paul you mean? White. Yeah. Paul White. Now, he's, I think, as he's gotten older and probably had a lot of, you know, back and 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 hip pain, I think he's slimmed down a little bit, so he's not. He has, yeah. Well, remember, he was going to fight. Um, he had got started getting in shape for a boxing match, and I can't remember who the hell he was fighting. It was Shaq. Yeah, yeah, he was going to have a match at WrestleMania. At WrestleMania. Shaq. Yes. yes, they had that. Um, and he had, he had slimmed and got cut. Yeah, he had gotten real good shape. Yeah, he, he had to for his health, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, and I think being as big as they are, like you've got that those glands that are kind of that are going to mess with you in terms of yeah. your growth. So I think he had surgery for that. And I think he's that's kind of affected his size a little bit as he's as he's gotten older. But yeah, they were gonna have a match. I think they had that little that little face off at our Royal Rumble that one yeah. year, yeah. and that was the end of it. Yeah, but even when Shaq had his match in AEW, oh Jesus! I mean, it, it was alright for what it was, but except for the whole time, I was like, damn, why is Shaq's eyes watering the whole time? <laughs> no lie, he got in there as soon as he got in his eyes were what like he had been crying all day. <laughs> but if, for what it was, I'll say he did a good job. Took that table bump. He did take the table bump. Now Cody took a lot. Uh, took the brunt of it because he took the majority That's of like had to jump into Shaq and make it believable. Yes, yeah. he did. The only thing that made it worse, and this is where kayfabe is a factor. They they cart Shaq off to the ambulance, and everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, Shaq gonna be all right." And then of course fans in the crowd are gonna have their cell phone video. Yeah. Shaq's big ass gets out of the ambulance, yeah. walks off they like didn't nothing even happened. Leave the premises to add believability. <laughs> then the then the the shot had the, the ambulance pull up and then it stopped just, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shaq got <laughs> out. Shaq gets out. But this goes Come back on, to guys. at yeah. least go outside. Yeah, around the corner or something. something. This goes back to the Turn level the, of, the level of access we have to. The behind the scenes, everything that goes on, it kind of ruins your your believability. But but I guess it's also the same as okay, behind the scenes footage of the Batman. We see how the shot was constructed, how the, the suit is made. Yeah, I, I think there's a there's a difference there. There is. Because with wrestling, they want us to be immersed in the believabil- believability of it. Because the story is it's ongoing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something that just, you know, really telling should just stop. Right. Some this is you know it's like it, it's all in how you do it. Yeah, you know it's it's, it's going to keep going. Yeah, but yeah, I think and hopefully we like it. So what keeps going? Let's hope so. Oh, we're gonna keep going. Well, we but now we might break kayfabe every now and then. <laughs> I mean, there might be some some backstage heat on 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 us for the some of the things we say and things we do. But ain't now. It's whatever. I say whatever. We like it so well to always kick out at two, though. Kick out at two and a half. Two and a half, we'll yeah. Get close. Two point nine nine. That's right. We'll kick out. We ain't Fans. taking no. We ain't taking no pinfall. Fans start cheering, jump up. That's right. 
Get that power. Yeah, the power from the from the from the crowd. That's right. That's right. Yep. From the Hulkamaniacs and the the Warriors <laughs> and the Stingers out there. L- the little Stingers. The, the the C Nation, you know, or as Matt Hardy's fans with the MFers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crank that knob. Crank crank the knob just to. It's a little bit past the, the breaking, past the breaking point. point. Past the breaking point. <laughs> okay, so on that note, I'm going to drop a... <laughs> we're going to bring this episode of We Like It So What to a close. Hopefully, you've enjoyed listening. and We hope, uh, we hope that you've enjoyed listening as much as, as much as we've had fun talking. I mean, I haven't had that much fun talking about it. But, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, someone, someone got some enjoyment out of it. I got enjoyment. <laughs> okay. But yeah, Fucking I'm gonna dying over here. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna wrap up this episode. Like I said, hopefully you've enjoyed listening. I've you know, I've enjoyed talking and listening to these two numb numb skulls here. Three bald guys. Three bald guys, yeah. Well, like a three testicle the third technological creature over here. Yeah. Cerberus. The Cerberus. three three headed yeah. hydra. Yeah. I thought he he had three balls, right? Probably, maybe. Now, would mine be in the middle since it's a different color? I, I, I have no idea. Maybe left of center. I, I try not to think about things like that. Too late. Oh yeah, too late. Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering. So yeah. Anyway, hopefully you've enjoyed listening to this episode of We Like It So What. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at We Like It So What. At so yeah, keep up with all the latest goings on with your friends at We Like It So What LLC. And we'll try to get more, maybe more live streams going so that you can see and hear us as we're talking about all the things that are involved with with We Like It So What. Yeah. And y'all can finally see Terry and off his six foot six, That's right. 275 pound glory. Yeah. That's right. Bask in his glory. That's right. Bask in my ambience. For he is yeah. Terry Gravely. That's right. That's right. So yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. I've been Jamal Murphy. I have been Eric Bethel. And I'm still Terry Gravely. This has been We Like It So What, and we will catch you next time. He's fat! I am. (laughs) I get it.